Welcome to this episode of Answers to Questions about Rx Racial Healing with Dr. Gail C. Christopher, author and award-winning social change agent. Each seven-minute segment offers insights intended to support co-facilitators working in communities and organizations to bring diverse people together in circles of compassion for the urgent work of eliminating racism and its consequences. If you have questions, please send them to us at rxracialhealing.com. The Association of American Colleges and Universities has now published your book, Rx Racial Healing. Can you talk about that partnership? Thank you. I'm happy to do that. You know, we've been in partnership since 2017 with the Truth Racial Healing and Transformation work. And the AACU has over 1,200 colleges and universities as members. And they have actually... uh, committed to reaching at least 150 of those to launch TRHT campus centers. So I was really excited for them to publish my book, Rx Racial Healing, A Guide to Our Common Humanity, because all of the proceeds from the sale of the book will go to support those campus centers. So that's another way for me to keep that work alive. I'm no longer in a leadership position within philanthropy, but this way I get to do a little philanthropic work myself. So we encourage people to go to the AACU website, uh, their publications page, and order the book. And volume books are sold at a discount. And so we're, we're always excited when an institution or um, you know a large group order is placed. But also because the campus centers are doing racial healing work and they have many, many people on the campuses who want to do the work, who want to be trained and supported to facilitate Rx Racial Healing Circles. So this was my way of providing a resource that basically is a handbook and it outlines the what, the why, and the how of doing Rx Racial Healing Circles. Great. And while we're on the topic, why did you write the book, Rx Racial Healing, and what is next uh, for this aspect of the work? You know, I I wrote the book for the reasons I I just described a little bit, but primarily because a lot of people are doing racial healing circles to support that expanding movement and make sure that people had some background, they had some content about the the rationale for the approach, to be able to distinguish what it is and what it isn't, you know, to know the steps. It's it's almost like a curriculum guide with learning activities that, that helps people to know exactly how to convene a circle, what not to do, you know, how to debrief with their co-facilitators after they convene a circle. It, it's a series of steps, but it feels like one seamless process. But we have certainly, you know, done everything we could in the book to make people walk through that seamless process with a certain amount of confidence. Great. And as you just said, we are in a moment of racial reckoning in the Americas. What role does TRHT and Rx Racial Healing have in this moment for our country? You know, it's the term reckoning can have a connotation of being held accountable and maybe even punished, you know. Uh, And I think if we're going to move forward as a country, we can't have connotations of fear 
that will keep us from being fully engaged. And so the other thing is that we've had moments of racial reckoning in our country. You know, if you look back at the episodic moments of the civil rights movement of the 1800s, you know, the civil civil rights movement of the 1900s, we thought we had our first African-American president and family and that some people said we're post-racial, you know, so... So there's been a lot of episodes that gave us hope, but we never really did the hard work of moving beyond denial and facing our past. And unlike other countries in the world, and there have been over 40 that have had truth and reconciliation processes, we're probably the only one that has the level of a sordid past that we do. We're talking centuries you know, not a war with, with criminal behavior. We're talking centuries of institutionalized denial of the humanity of millions of people based on their physical characteristics. And that's putting it mildly. And we've never faced that past. And so we need not only to reckon with and and reform our our police departments and do those things that are called for, but we need to come to grips with the truth of our past and envision a future that has redressed and reckoned with that past. And we need to do it as a whole country, you know, not just a few people, but the whole country needs to be engaged in this work. And so we think the truth, racial healing, and transformation process with its comprehensive framework helps us to get to that. And, and, you know, the college campuses have centers, there are cities and counties across the country, There's there's an effort at the federal level. So we really do feel that this comprehensive framework and approach is one that calls people into the work with a sense of courage and humility. And so we think it's the right time for TRHT. And we certainly think the process of connecting people, diverse people, listening to each other's stories, sharing each other's narratives, we definitely think that that process is right at the heart of it. And so I think, you know, there's an imperative now to do this work and and do it well. Do you see any relationship then between the rise of authoritarianism and the need for racial healing? You know, I do. I, I, I tend to see things as connected and as tragic as this invasion of Ukraine is and the other uh, tragic invasions and, and wars that have, you know, been perpetrated. They, they arise because of a fundamental lack of capacity to demonstrate caring for humanity, you know, to, to, to allow one's own greed and sense of entitlement to, to justify the, the killing and the murder of people. Uh, but if you, if you really study the 200 years of our nation's history, Clearly, even though we called it a democracy, this, the, the system of enslavement of people, the brutality, it was the embodiment of authoritarian governance. And the fact of the matter is our government allowed and supported and legislated and enforced that system of brutality. And so, yes, there is a connection 
it, it is also in a contemporary sense, you know, uh, many of the white nationalist groups, they look at, at Putin as their leader. And if you think about World War II, um, you know, Hitler's uh, campaign to annihilate people of color and, and people he considered to be less than, you know, the his race, as he described it, the Aryan race or nation, his decision to annihilate the Jewish people, he he based it on patterns that he had seen in this country in terms of our racial hierarchy. And those people that made up his Nuremberg group, they came to America to study our racist policies and practices and went back and put in place what became, you know, Hitler's Third Reich. So there is definitely a relationship. We have to pull that thread to the point where we say collectively from a place of courage and humility, no more, never again. Thank you. The U.S. Congress passed a law this past week that makes lynching federal crime. Why did it take a century of advocacy before this was accomplished? That is a very good question. And we're all celebrating the fact that finally in the year 2022, the horror, the terror of lynching has been designated as a federal crime. But brave leaders like Ida B. Wells and and many, many since she started the campaign had called for this. Even Albert Einstein and Paul Robeson had 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 come together as 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 part of an effort to get when it was at its peak, when lynching was at its peak in this country, mid 20th century. They called for this type of legislation, and instead of it happening, you know, they were classified as un-Americans because they stood for this. And so these sordid dynamics, these aspects of our past, they have to be faced. I would say that the reason it took so long was because we never did the work of facing the truth and transforming our collective ethos away from one that celebrates a hierarchy of human value into one that has reverence and regard and respect for all humanity. We've never made amends and and I'll use the word reconciled the contradiction between what we espouse as democratic values, all are created equal, you know, and in endowed by their creator with the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We never have reconciled the contradiction between that aspirational statement and the foundation upon which we built this country, which was the denial of the humanity of so many people for the purpose, for the purpose of economic gain. And so it has taken so long because we've not done the work. And that's why I'm so excited that the work of Truth Racial Healing and Transformation and the work of Rx Racial Healing, it is taking root in our country and people are doing the work. Our challenge now is to take it to scale, as they say, in the social sciences and and make it the norm. But we're trying to do that. Again, this has been Answers to Questions about Rx Racial Healing with Dr. Gail C. Christopher, author and award-winning social change agent. If you have questions, please send them to us at rxracialhealing.com.